Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. I'm excited because today's guest is former head coach Mark Richt. He's a guest that I've wanted to have on this show for years, and today is the day. And so he was awesome, and he's got a new book. It's called Make the Call, Game Day Wisdom for Life's Defining Moments, and just a a wonderful, humble, inspiring, and encouraging guy, and that's exactly the kind of guest we love here on the Unpacking It podcast. And and so we'll talk about his book. We're going to really talk about his life uh, a little bit about, about his career, but but lessons learned, and I'll give you this up front. We, we don't really talk college football, and here's the deal. You can go hear him talk about college football on the ACC Network and, and probably some other interviews, but today I wanted to really learn from him, get to know him, and, and just glean from the season of life that he's in. You know, retired coach. Some sad news uh, in regards to his health, which he's going to talk about, but his perspective is incredible. And and again, it is inspiring. And so let's get into it. Here we go. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Support them as they support us. All right. So Coach Richt used to coach at Georgia. Used to coach at Miami. He was a longtime assistant at Florida State uh, under, of course, Coach Bobby Bowden. Uh, Throughout his career, he won two SEC championships, five SEC division titles, one ACC division title, two-time SEC Coach of the Year, 2017 ACC Coach of the Year, the 2017 Walter Camp Coach of the Year Award, not to mention all the players that played for him that went on to play in the NFL, more importantly, a lot of great guys that, that he poured into and mentored, uh, which we'll also talk about uh, in regards to mentorship uh, as well. Last week on the show, we had one of his former players, David Pollock. Uh, so if you missed that interview, be sure to listen to that one. That was awesome as well, but, but I'll ask him about uh, David as well. Coach Rick uh, is married to his wife, Catherine, and, and they have four adult children and two grandchildren, and uh, we'll talk marriage as well. But right now. Let's jump in. Here we go. Our conversation with Coach Mark Richt. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us today on the Unpacking It podcast is former head coach Mark Richt. Now he's an analyst for the ACC Network and ESPN and has a new book called Make the Call Game Day Wisdom for Life's Defining Moments. 
I have waited years to have Coach on this show, and I'm thrilled to have him with us today. Coach, really appreciate it. How are you doing? Doing great. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Absolutely. So it's college football season, and, and there, there are plenty of storylines to, to talk about. But, but I want to I talk about your book, and I want to talk about your, your, your faith journey and, and your life and, and what God's doing currently. And, and I know you got a lot, lot going on for sure. But, but let's start with kind of the, the process for the book. While you were writing it, what did you learn uh, about yourself and, and right. that, that reflection process? What, what was that like for you? I, it was a lot of fun, first of all. You know, I've got a co-writer named, uh, what is his name? Honey? Lawrence Kimbrough. I, I had a brain lock there. That's all right. But uh, Lawrence is a great guy. Uh, not a huge football guy, but a big faith guy. And uh, he's also a great detail guy. So we sit down for two days straight and just tell stories about, uh, you know, things that had happened whether it was certain plays or certain games or certain players or coaches or family members or whatever it is, there's so many different things that came up. And so um, we just sat and talked it out. And uh, I learned one thing. I don't have a great memory. Hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a few things I missed here and there as far as, you know, who was the other head coach or what year that was in or all those kind of little details. But he's, thankfully, he's a detail guy. And straightened me out a few times, but you know there were some things that uh, came up in the book that um, I guess the best way to say it is sometimes you believe certain things or you do certain things or you have certain habits in your life uh, at a certain moment in your life, but five years later you may not be doing what you should be doing, so to speak. So sometimes I was preaching to myself. And reminded me of things that uh, I should do to uh, to to manage manage life in general, you know. No, that that's awesome. Well, so I encourage everybody to, to check out the book, and and hopefully we'll we'll share some of the, the stories from the the book today. But but last week on the show, we happened to have uh, one of your former players, David Pollock, on the show. And, and so he goes, hey, you got to ask Coach about the story he, he wrote about <laughs> me. Uh, so may, maybe share a little bit about that one. Right. Well, it was a chapter on leadership, and there's different styles of leadership for sure. And Davis was very unique. He, he basically was just the hardest working guy that we had in the program to the point where the veterans were just thinking he was a pain in the rear and wanting him to slow down in drills and not make everybody look bad when we're doing – uh, you know, sprints and things of that nature. And, uh, and so uh, he worked so hard, he basically made himself a pest to everybody around him. And, uh, but he, you know, he wasn't trying to make friends. He was trying to be great. He was trying to win games. Mm. And what happened was going into his second year, he went from a nose guard fullback type to a defensive end. He ended up Becoming this defensive end, he lost some weight. That first spring that he decided, we decided to move him to, to defensive end, he would hook up with uh, John Stenchcomb at tackle or Dan Inman at the other tackle, and they literally would get in fistfights every day. Oh. And, um, but, it, but everybody, you know, as much as they got mad at him, once he became All-American that second season, you know, three-time All-American for that matter, they're like, hey, maybe maybe if I work as hard as Pollock, 
we can do great things and I might have a better career. So he didn't really tell anybody that what they should do. He just showed them how to do it and uh, wasn't really worried about being popular as much as being great. And they understood that over time and decided, Hey, if we do this too, we'll be a better team. And, and he, uh, he, he changed the, the way we did business just by how hard he worked. Oh, that, that's excellent. No, that's a great story. And, and he mentioned how uh, even to this point in, in today's uh, life for, for both of you, more of a mentorship relationship right now. And, and I know you talk a lot about that in, in your book and, and the key mentors in your life and, and how you've right. mentored players over the, over the years. And I'm a big believer in mentorship and basically it's discipleship as well. Um, they're, they're linked together, but, but for, for you and, and just encouraging our, our listeners today, understanding the, the role of, of mentorship in our own lives, being a mentee and being a mentor, what, what is your encouragement and what have you learned about that, that whole dynamic and, and relationship? Well, I went to a mentorship conference actually not too long ago and oh, great. they wanted me. Called? Well, I forgot. Was it, was it radical mentoring? <laughs> yeah, it was as a matter okay. of fact. Very cool. And uh, so anyway, I'm there at one of their events and uh, they asked me to talk about my mentors in my life. And so I started going down the line, starting with my father, Mm. my uh, PE coach in elementary school, my high school coach, um, going on to Coach Bowden, uh, Bob Warren, who's a spiritual mentor for me. Uh, Both those gentlemen have passed away, unfortunately, but... uh, but there was a, a time in my life and it was in my college days that I didn't have, I had a void in mentorship. I didn't, I didn't have a mentor. Mm. And so, uh, and that's where I went off the rails the most in my life. So when I look back on it and you talk about the value of having mentors in your life, uh, it, it's so true. It was so true for me in my life because the four year period, five year period of college where I really didn't have one, I really went through some of the toughest times in my life and did some of the dumbest things in my life. Uh, and then, of course, when you get older, you all of a sudden become the, the, men, men, the mentor for other people. Mm. And like, you know, David had mentioned, uh, you know, maybe me mentoring him to a certain degree. We're actually starting a uh, Bible study uh, on Romans 1 through 8. And uh, we'll get, we're cranking that up, getting the book, getting the workbooks ready and ready to go. Uh, but, uh, he's, he's hungry. The thing about him is he, he's just so hungry to grow in his faith and, and he wants people to be, it, it's just like he was as a player. He wants them to be as hungry as he is. I said, David, not everybody's built like you, man. Not everybody, <laughs> you know, has the same passion that you have and the same energy you have, but he's really encouraging other guys to grow and challenging them to dig a little deeper in their faith. Well, well, for some guys listening today, they may say, oh, man, I don't know who to ask to be my mentor. I'm, I'm too scared to ask or, you know, there, there's some hesitation. What, what do you tell guys as far as the intentionality that's needed to actually right. you know, step into that, that type of relationship? Well, I, I think, first of all, most men, if they're asked to be a mentor, they're honored by it. They're humbled by it, especially, you know, if they're right, kind of they got their faith in order. They'll be, you know, excited about it as much as anything. Now, whether or not they can do it or not is not a matter of whether they want to do it or not. In my opinion, it's probably more of can they 
fit it in their schedule or is there just a way that it could possibly be done? I think they would love to do it. And, you know, some, one thing is too, if, if you are a mentor, um, if you have too many people to mentor, uh, it can, it can wear you down. It can wear you yeah. out. So you got to be careful there too. And it's no, uh, a great point, you know, because just like, you know, as we, we do sometimes as men, we, we get engrossed in our jobs. Obviously football coaches have stupid hours and don't really know when to stop or take a break or whatever. And that's part of what probably bit me in the rear end in my career, but you just got to be careful to take care of yourself as well. Well, I want to unpack that further because I think this is another one of the, the themes in, in your book as far as the, the balance and, and even you know, integrating faith and work and, and family and, and, and prioritizing. And you kind of alluded to some of the struggles of that, and, and coaches are known to, to, to struggle with that. Having reflected on, on your, your coaching career especially, what, what have you learned? And, and, you know, for right. me as a young guy in, in ministry, I've got two young daughters. I'm, I'm learning some of these things, right. trying to navigate it. What, what, what can you, you share today? Well, I think I always, I always felt like I was having good balance and that I was, I was trying to prioritize it. I mean, there were a lot of things that I did and a lot of things that uh, stem from coach Bowden and the way he handles his, his staff. I mean, he would always want to know when are we going to see our kids? Mm. When are we going to see our family? And it wasn't like, Hey, once a week on Thursday after practice, it was every day. When are you going to see your kids? And we goes, we're either going to see them in the morning or we're going to see them before they go to bed. So you guys choose. So we, we chose to see our families in the morning. You know, I drove my kids to school every single day uh, during football season, my whole career starting at Florida state and finishing at Georgia until they could drive because coach Bowden helped us prioritize that in our lives. Uh, we had family nights. We had, uh, there was little tricks of the trade where there was a certain street on my way to work. When I crossed that street, I thought about my job. And, but when I came back home and crossed that street, I tried to get my mind at home because, you know, we could physically be at home and not be there mentally or spiritually. So it's, it's just a way, you know, so bottom line was, I think I was doing a good job of trying to make that work. But then at the end of my career, when my, when my kids were growing up, we're empty nesting. I'm in Miami. I didn't, I didn't have any, any balance at all. It was like 100% football grinding. I mean, I loved it mm. and Catherine, you know, understood it and she was all, all behind it, but I think when my kids left, I didn't have as much time with family and it probably helped in my career because I was grinding so hard without taking a break. Wow. And so in regards to how you navigated your, your faith through that time, as far as the, the disciplines and, and keeping that as a priority when right. football was taken over and, and, and how did you, you kind of juggle that, work through that and incorporate <clears throat> your faith in everything that you did? Well, I always had um, either a small group, uh, husband and wife small group, uh, or a men's accountability group, or you know, men's Bible study maybe, mm-hmm. and a, maybe one on one or two, three guys together uh, holding each other accountable throughout my career. Awesome. So I, I did a I did a pretty good job of that. And we we made it priority, just like Coach Bowden did, to not come into work on Sunday till two or three o'clock where 
everybody could go to church with their family. And so we went, you know, we, we attended church the whole time through, oh, that's cool. but uh, you know, the bottom line is, as you kind of alluded to, it's um, the, the goal was to live a life that was pleasing to God, period. You know, so, you know, once, once I became a believer, my goal came real simple and that was to live a life to please God in everything I do. So whether it was work, home, whatever, you know, I, I'd, I'd always ask myself the question, would, would God be pleased with this? Hmm. You know, my life's verse was Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do you work hardly, H-E-A-R-T-I-L-Y, unto the Lord rather than men. So, so I think sometimes we worry a little bit too much about, you know, what's God want me to do? What's he want me to do? I think he's more worried about not so much what we do, but how we do it mm. and who we do it for. Mm. And uh, so, you know, if our accountability is to God and not to man, then, you know, that's, that's as strong of accountability as you can have. Amen. No, that's real encouraging to me because I've been wrestling with that a little bit lately. So that's, uh, that, that's huge. So thank you for that. Um, all right. So the, the book is called Make the Call, Game Day Wisdom for Life's Defining Moments. And, and again, encourage people to read the book to hear you know, more about these, these key moments in, in Coach Rick's life. Uh, but for, for us today on the, on the podcast, what were some of the most you know, defining moments in your life where your faith grew the most and, and where God revealed himself in, in right. powerful ways in your life? Right. Well, it's true that pain comes before the glory mm. in just about everything in life and everything in sports too. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to get strong, you got to get in the weight room When you get in the weight room. It's going to be some pain when you train, there's pain, but uh, also in, in life, there's, there's, there's tough times. There's times of adversity that we have. And those are the times we really grow the most. You know, you don't grow much when things are going smooth. Things tend to grow when they get put to the test. And uh, so I think when you understand that, you don't necessarily want to go through the pain, but as you're going through it and you learn the lessons that maybe God wants to teach you through it, you won't have to take that lesson again. So, you know, the good thing is as we're going through the pain, it is making us stronger in our faith and, and stronger in just how we handle things in general. And, and for, for you, what, I, what I've admired about you is, is your, your boldness with your faith. And, and even I was watching ACC network right after coach Bowden died and you're sharing the gospel. And, uh, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> I, I was very encouraged by, I don't, I don't know if you remember this one in, in particular, it was just kind of a random ACC network. I, I almost feel like you caught the, the girl off off guard a little bit who was the host, but, yeah. but it was great. I was, I was encouraged <laughs> by, I was like, Hey, all right, let's go coach. But, but what, what have you kind of learned over the years in regards to being bold about your faith and 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 i think for all of us as followers of jesus we we continue to you know learn and grow and and step out in faith more and and put ourselves out there more and more as we mature in our faith uh but right but what was that process like for you over the years to say all right i'm willing to be bold i'm willing to step out in in different ways yeah well most people think i was i was relatively bold considering the job that i had at a secular university and all that type of thing and I mean, the bottom line was if somebody asked me a question about why I discipline a certain way or what, you know, whatever it was, I mean, if the, if the truthful answer was because I'm trying to use 
you know, the principles that I've learned from the Bible, then, then I'll say it, you know, I'm not like bringing it up and, but if it comes out organically in conversation, it comes out. If that's who you are uh, in Christ, then that's who you are. I'm not telling anybody how to believe or how to act. I'm just telling you how I act and how I believe, you know? So, you know, that's a big deal. But then, you know, the older you get, the more, uh, the greater sense of urgency you have. And like for me personally, after I retired from coaching, within, you know, a year, a uh, year and a half, whatever it was, you know, I had the heart attack mm. and, um, you know, I mean, I was right on the edge of, of not making it. And, uh, the one good thing that happened that day was as I thought it was over when the lights went out, so to speak, and I went numb and everything, I, I had this, wonderful sense of peace that I knew where I was going and I couldn't wait to get there actually. Wow. So in my spirit, I'm all, I'm excited as I could be. My body's still gasping for air. Uh, it was kind of a weird feeling, but uh, it was an exciting feeling, but you come out of there and you're like, you know what? I got to be even more bold. <laughs> I mean, who knows how much, how much more time I have, but to know that the decision that I made in 1986 mm. to follow Christ to come to the moment of truth when you think you're about to die and you have this sense of peace that you know that you're going to heaven and you can't wait to see Jesus. That's real. Mm. And that's exciting. And I just uh, was so thankful for that experience. Wow. So no, that that's so inspiring. And I was going to ask you too, because uh, you know, it's sad to hear the the news of, of your, your Parkinson's diagnosis that, that you announced right. in July and, and so, you know, reading what you, what you wrote that, that day, as you, you shared with everybody, um, it, it was so, uh, profound. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering though, how, how did you, like, how quickly did you get to that point where you, you hear the news and to say, right. this is just a, a momentary affliction? Well, the bottom line is it took a little while to realize I had Parkinson's. I had some symptoms. You see your general practitioner, he says, go see a neurologist they take pictures of your brain they're not sure they send you to a specialist so this whole thing takes two three months by the time the specialist said i had parkinson's he already told me he told me what i already knew mm. you know so it, there was it was nice in a way that it was it became gradual it wasn't like one day i wake up and they said you got parkinson's so i had time to process it process it a little bit and then I really wasn't interested in, you know, announcing it at that moment, but, you know, I go out publicly, I speak, you know, people see I'm not moving as well that my, uh, I'm, you know, I'm waddling around a little bit. My balance isn't as good. You know, people asking me, are you okay? What's going on? And you start, you know, making up stories about, you know, your hip replacement and all that kind of thing. And after a while, you're like, you know what? I'm tired of just telling everybody a bunch of junk. I'm just going to tell everybody what's going on. And, and as I thought about, you know, controlling the, the, the narrative, as they say, That's right. you know, what do I want to say about this? Well, and I, and I said, it's, it, I look at it as a momentary light affliction compared to the glory that I'm going to get uh, in heaven. When I, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for the promise of this glorified body that we'll get one day that has no, sin in it and no, no disease in it. Amen. So 
the bottom line is if all I had to look forward to is what's on this earth and you get a Parkinson's diagnosis, I mean, you may end up being a prisoner in your body one day and can't even help yourself. I mean, that's not a lot to look forward to, but when you look, when you can look forward to this glorified body, I'm going to get, once I get to heaven, you know, or at the rapture of the church, um, that gives me hope that, that gives me excitement. And when I say momentary, like the apostle Paul said, momentary light affliction compared to eternity compared to forever, the time on this earth that I'm going to have Parkinson's compared to forever is a blink of an eye. Wow. No, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And, and I, I appreciate you, uh, tweeting what you did and, and sharing what, what you continue to, to share and, and, and living it out because, you know, we can read that verse and, and, and say, Oh yeah, I know. I believe that. And then when you get those type, that type of news, that's when the test, that the test comes and, and do we truly, uh, yeah, look forward to, to our, our eternal destination and, and the, the future glory. Um, well, I'll, I'll just say this too. I'm not, I'm not going to say there's not been moments, you know, where I'll shed, shed tears and things oh, of that nature, yeah. but, but for the most part, I mean, I'm not distraught. I'm not miserable. I'm not rolling up in a ball and feeling sorry for myself. I'm, I'm thankful for the wonderful life that I've had to this point. I'm thankful for the hope of Christ in the future. And I'm, you know, I'm going to enjoy every, every day that I can enjoy until God takes me home. Ah, amen. Well, well, kind of with that in mind, what, what do you uh, love the most and, and how has that maybe even changed your, your day to day? You're still broadcasting and, and, and <laughs> seem to love college football and, and we, we know your passion for that. Uh, but, but how did that maybe tweak your, your approach at all? The big thing, um, I mean, I love spending time with my wife. Number one, I can tell everybody out there that, uh, I highly recommend being madly in love with your wife. When you get to your empty nesting years, it's, uh, it's a great time. Mm. Matter of fact, during COVID, we had a blast. I hate to say it, but I know there's a lot of bad things happening, but she and I were uh, quarantined at the beach. So it was not a, not a bad thing to have, but uh. um, the bottom line is I love spending time with family. we got our children, but the grandchildren trump them. <laughs> that's right got uh two two granddaughters Jaden, who's seven and zoe who's three and we got another one on the way by john and anna my, our oldest and um so we love spending time with them too and it's part of the reason why we bought a home in athens because my whole family still lives in athens from the days i was coaching there oh very very cool well, uh, no, I, I love hearing that, and, and I'm always encouraged by people that have stayed married and, and been, been married a, a long time. So what, what are some of the, the key principles that, that you've uh, lived by to, to remain right. happily married? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, when couples, young couples ask me the question, you know, what's the key? There's two things I say, and hopefully I'll remember both of them. But, you know, one of them is I'll say – Sometimes you got to decide what's more important, being right or your relationship. Mm. You know, so many times we want to be right, especially as men sometimes want to just pound home the fact that we're right about something. Well, is it really worth it or, you know, or not, you know, is it going to, you know, hurt feelings and all that kind of thing. It's just not worth it. The other thing is we always, my wife and I always encourage young couples to pursue 
God. In other words, I don't know if you can see my hands, but if you got the man here and the woman here and God's up there, if, if both of them are pursuing God together, then when you want you, you know, the closer you are to God, if you're both doing it, the closer you're going to be to each other. And uh, when you allow the Holy Spirit to control your actions, um, then you tend to, you're not, it's not like you're not going to have disagreements about things, but, you know, you got to be humble enough to say, you know, God, you know, how do I need to act this way in, in this situation? And then the other thing I'll just add to it for the men is, you know, we're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church, which is a very sacrificial love. It's not about you. Mm. It's about your wife. It's about your children. And uh, the greatest gift you can give your children is to love their mom. Amen. Amen. Well, man, let, let, let's end it right there. It's, it's so encouraging. And as much as we love sports here and unpacking it, we, we didn't even talk college football. But the good news is you can you watch Coach Rick at, on the ACC Network uh, all weekend long. Great coverage. Him and our, our buddy Eric McClain, uh, they do a great job. And, and so college football's back. We got the NFL this weekend. So it's a, it's a wonderful time of year. Um, and, and I guess just for, for you, how exciting has it been just to, to be back for, for another season? Oh, yeah. Well, just to be able to do it in, in studio with those guys, Eric right. McLean, you mentioned EJ Manuel, Jordan Cornette, you know, we're called the huddle. Yeah. We get to hang out together. We get to, we get to uh, interject thoughts and we have conversations instead of sitting there with that one second delay on these home, home studios, which, which was nothing but a mess. That's right. So we're, we're having a good time. And they've squished you. You guys are back close together again. That's too. right. It's funny. Yeah, it's all on there. It's good. Well, those are huge dudes. I mean, I'm six foot one and I'm the shortest guy by at least four inches. Oh. And uh, there are, you know, EJ's a probably six, five, Emacs, six, four, six, five. George's probably six, eight. Gosh, that's a big <laughs> so I'm just I'm, I'm just a little guy. No, that's awesome. Well, we'll keep up the great work and coach really appreciate you uh, joining us here on unpacking it and, and wish you the best with the book and, and, and pray that it's, it's very inspiring to everybody that, that reads it. It's called make the call game day wisdom wisdom for life's defining moments. He's coach Mark Richt. Thanks so much for joining us. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. There he is. Coach Richt here on unpacking it. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack that conversation with Coach Rick and just an awesome, awesome guy. And the, the one big takeaway that I want to focus on as we wrap this up today is the boldness conversation. And, and I love his response. And, and like I said, I, I appreciated really his boldness uh, you know, right after Coach Bowden died. And what a tremendous opportunity for those that knew Coach Bowden that could talk about his faith and really point people to Jesus and you know, explain the difference in Coach Bowden. You know, why did everybody speak so highly of him and, and why was his faith so important? And so Coach Rick was able to do that. But throughout Coach Rick's career, we always knew him as a Christian coach, and you know he, he lived up to it, which is just refreshing and it's nice. Was he perfect? No. But as, as we, you know, we, we look for people to admire and learn from and, and just great examples of, of men in faith and, and you know, different 
realms of life. And, and so that, to me, he, he represented that so well as a coach for, for so many years. But, but this idea of boldness, and you know, it's something that you know, I've, I've been a follower of Jesus for, for a long time. And at times in my life, especially when I was you know, younger, it was challenging to be you know, different and not go along with the crowd and, and to actually be bold about my faith. I think most people knew where I stood, but, but I haven't always been as bold. Now I'm, I'm leading the ministry of sports fans following Jesus. I specifically wanted to put Jesus in our tagline. Like I'm out. Like it's, it's a, hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm all about. And, and I want to be bold, but, but even so there are times in certain conversations where it's easy to pull back and you're like, yeah, I know I should say something, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm scared to, or I don't want to make the conversation uncomfortable or anything like that. And so we all wrestle with this, you know, as we mature in our faith, it, it can, you know, still be somewhat of a challenge, but I love with coach Rick. It's like, you know what? I don't know how much time I have left. I'm all in let's go. And, and really that's how all of us should be because it's true for all of us, you know, regardless of what our health outlook looks like today. The, the, the truth is the, is the same of, of who Jesus is and the sense of urgency that we should all feel. Um, but I, but I think sometimes it, it's not so much, we always have to go like out of our way to say something. Sometimes it's just taking advantage of the moment and the opportunity to just speak truthfully. And, and as we're, you know, as someone asks how we're doing, as we get into conversations about family and work and where we're at, because I was even reading about this today, like, like people, they notice when we have peace. They notice when we have joy especially in the midst of difficulty and, and challenging situations when they look at us and, and hear us and they go, man, that guy's got a lot going on yet. He's still, he's got a lot of peace. He's got a lot of joy. And so they notice that. And then we can be bold in, in when we talk about it, like here's what's going on, but I have peace because of my faith in God. And then from there, sometimes the conversation opens up and they go, wow, really? That's, how do you have that? And then, you know, the, the, if they do ask questions, it allows you to be more and more bold and, and to go further. Um, and so we just have to take advantage of, of that. And so that's the encouragement to myself and, and to you today, uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, to, to really encourage people um, and, and to be bold about our faith. And Jesus Jesus was bold enough to, you know, die on the cross for us and, and rise again and give us eternal life and save us from our sin. The, the least we can do is represent him well, be a light, and, and live in the peace and the joy that he offers us as we submit to him and walk in, in his love and walk in the spirit uh, that's, that's, that's in us. And, and so uh, let, let's, be, let's be bold and confident. We have the power of God in us. <laughs> we have eternal life. Let's be bold. People are looking for the answer, man. They're walking around wanting to, to find peace and fulfillment and joy and, and if, if we've experienced that and we know that, let's be bold to share it. We got to. We got to. So thanks, Coach Rick, for that, that encouragement. That was awesome. All right, there you go. This week's Unpacking It podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I hope you'll also check out our Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. You can search uh, in Apple or anywhere you listen to podcasts for that show. Uh, and then Mondays we do our live show uh, with football season going on. It'll be a lot of reaction to uh, all the, the football games and storylines, and uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So looking forward to Monday's show. We go live at 2 p.m. Eastern, and then the podcast drops a little bit later in the day on Mondays. I'm Bryce Johnson. 
I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.